I'm Jack. I'm a compulsive overeater. <laughs> wow. Um, January 5th, 1982, I walked into these rooms uh, in Beverly Hills High School, which is not very far from here, uh, before they asked us not to come back. They didn't ask me not to come back. Uh, they asked us not to come back. Um, but 31 years ago today, tomorrow I'll, I'll be 31, God willing, day to time and all that stuff. But I came to these rooms 31 years ago tonight. And um, that's where my journey here started. Uh, just to get the history out of the way, my top weight is 305. I, I not only had the shame and the humiliation of working my way up to 305 pounds, which is pretty disgusting and despicable and painful and, dis- and all that any of you who've been, you know, in that little journey of life. But um, I had the, the, the momentary excitement of being normal. Um, uh, I spent the first uh, 15, 16, 17 years of my life in the, the, the disease. I, I don't know whether I was born that way or not, and I don't really care, but my earliest memories are of food and stealing and, and all of the stuff that those of you who... Who, who nod when I talk about it or have similar memories. Um, uh, it was always painful. I was always different. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why it was. My, my memories of taste. And, and I was talking to a, a, a... I got together last Saturday night with uh, uh, two couples and, and one of the guys and I went to elementary school and all through the school system, and the other guy and I have only known each other since uh, 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 junior high. And so we only go back uh, 50 years or 40 years, and the other guy, uh, the other guy and I are longer than friends. And my experience in L.A. is like that. I grew up, I have pictures of me in the park across the street uh, for my, I don't know, eighth and ninth birthday, so I'm from here. And um, we talked, he, the one guy that I, I, I've known less long talked about going to Hebrew school. And I went to Hebrew school at that place we used to have a Tuesday meeting on third and floors. And uh, we used to take a 10 minute break, or we had a 10 minute break. And we used to take a, right Michael? We had a 10 minute, Michael and I went to Hebrew school together. And um, we were allowed a 10 minute break, but we made it a 20 minute break. And the sole purpose of the 20 minute break was to go to Ratner's Deli, which is now a, a store, some other kind of store. And all that was important to me was a, a pickle, a yo-ho drink, a potato chips, a salami stick. And this was about two hours before dinner. And this is when we were nine years old. And uh, it got me through and kept me wired for the next hour or two. It got me kicked out. So the procedure was, you go to elementary school, you eat before you go to school, you eat breakfast, you go to elementary school, you eat, you go to lunch, then you, you take a snack and you eat. Then you come home and you have a snack before dinner. Then you go to Hebrew school and you eat some more, and then you get kicked out of Hebrew school, and while you're waiting for your parents to pick you up, you eat some, and then you go have a dinner, and then you eat some, and then you go to sleep, and then you wake up and start again. 30 pound weight loss in elementary school, 50 pounds at John Burroughs Junior High School, uh, 70 pounds at high school, maxed out at 305 pounds at 18, uh, Weight Watchers, office at Melrose and Fairfax, um, uh, diet pills, uh, by 17 when I started UCLA, I met uh, Ken Ruxin, and Ken's mother was on diet pills, so I went to her diet doctor uh, by 17. Uh, I was wired all the time, met before the diet pills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but again, just to give you the prophetic nature of it, if you weren't prophetic while you were going through this, 
so and only some of you can relate. I really went to the diet doctor so I could touch hands with the uh, doctor's daughter, and she handed me the diet pills. And it was those uh, doors, those cord, uh, not cord, but those uh, plexiglass doors that you that the doctors had sliding through the to separate you from the uh, staff. And the doctor's daughter was very pretty, and she slid that plexiglass door, and her hands reached out. And my hands reached out, and for a moment in time, I was fingertips to fingertips with Dr. Clarence Hunter's daughter, and uh, I didn't care what she was handing me. I got to touch her fingertips. And, uh, I mean, that's the way it was. Uh, I was a little slow to have sex, so I think I was in my 20s, late 20s, maybe 40s, I don't remember. Uh, uh, it, was, it was a sexual revolution. Uh, most of the people found me revolting to have sex with. Um, I remember driving down Santa Monica Boulevard, and there was a Pussycat Theater in the 60s and 70s, and uh, there were, uh, that was the years of, of hot pants and halter uh, tops and uh, massage parlors. And I would drive down Santa Monica Boulevard so I could stare at the women who were going from here to the and uh, but, but I could just drive by there because I wasn't gonna, I, I, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, I lost 100 pounds at UCLA and gained it all back in law school. And throw in that my mother died when I was 14. And um, there was a song, I'm just thinking, I hadn't thought about it, but I'm just a lonely boy, lonely in blue, if any of you are old enough to know the 50s. Uh, I'm just a lonely boy. Anyway, uh, that, that song just echoed in my, in my soul. Uh, I ate because I was lonely. I, I ate because I was angry. I had a couple of incidences where a couple of boys made fun of, uh, made mother comments. That was a big thing in the 50s, uh, Joe Mama. And they didn't know my mother was dead. They didn't know my mother was dead, but I tried a couple of uh, physical altercations that um, could have gone sour. I tried to hit a kid with a glass ashtray uh, in the face. And uh, uh, God, before I knew there was a God, uh, embodied by the bowling proprietor at Pico and Alvira, which is now not a bowling alley anymore, stepped in, caught my wrist as I was about to hit him with a glass ashtray. And uh, fortunately, uh, Earl Browning stopped me, and uh, all I got was reprimanded. Uh, not a rap sheet, uh, and so um, I was angry. I threw a, a air hockey mallet at the face of a boy as he moved away, and all I did was play the pinball machine and didn't break uh, in. I was angry, uh, and I ate a lot. I ate at Norm's, I ate at Jenny's, I ate in the middle of the night. Uh, I lied, I cheated, I did stupid things. I was afraid to go out in the middle of the night at the first fat burger in Los Angeles on La Cienica, and so uh, I faked having a nervous switch. And talking to myself so that the I was afraid of the African American uh, uh, people at two o'clock in the morning on La Cienica, so I faked being weird. It wasn't a far stretch, but so they leave me alone so I could eat two in the morning in the neighborhood I was told not to go to, um, and it worked. And I would go to any length uh, to get my food. I uh, went to graduate school, and that only made things worse. I gained back 100 pounds. I started taking volume and drinking vodka, uh, driving while drunk. Um, and uh, I was writing this morning. So I'm back to doing a lot of work in this program. I'm working the program now. But I came to law school, and um, the jobs I got at law school were $3.50 an hour, but that's all I thought I deserved. I was a park ranger for a day and thought I had hoodwinked the Beverly Hills Recreation Department. Um, that's the kind of self-esteem I had with a law degree. I was a bookkeeper for $2 an hour and thought I was fooling you guys. I and mean, this is where I come from. 
this is this is where I come from. I was dating women beneath me. I was taking jobs beneath me. I was. Um, and again, I come from Fairfax High School, where if you didn't go to Harvard, Yale, and Princeton, you're an idiot. People who went to UCLA and SC were looked down on. Uh, if you weren't married by 25 or 28, you were you were you were laughed at. And um, this is this is my experience, you know. Uh, this is all I got is my story. So when I came here in 1931 years ago today, uh, I was I was defeated. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. Um, my dad made excuses for me. Uh, my family made excuses for me. Uh, there's a Yiddish word, Shanda. Uh, I, I, it was a Shanda to hold my face up high, my head up high, and say who I was. Didn't have a job, didn't have a wife, didn't have a home. I had an apartment the size of that bathroom. I didn't look a whole lot better. Um, <laughs> I didn't smell a whole lot better. Um, and this is why I, I, I was just embarrassed for who I was. And uh, didn't have a mom. That was embarrassing. Where I came from, uh, there were no divorces, there was no alcoholism, there was no child abuse, there was no nothing. Uh, it was like the uh, Jewish Deathbird way. And uh, it was, it was, it, that, that, that's my story, you know. Others have it bad, others have it worse, others have it different. So when I came in here, I, 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 I just didn't know what to turn anymore. Uh, for an extrovert with a big mouth, I had nothing more to say. I had nothing more to... to uh, I, I just was... The elasticity of my of my tolerance was was as stretched out as the the elasticity of my skin. It, 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 I, I just had I had nothing to say. I had nothing. To, I couldn't cheat anymore. I couldn't lie anymore. I just I was done. I had nowhere else to call. And the only reason I came here is because somebody suggested I come here, and they had never been here before. It was the last person I could call. It was my insurance boss. It was my ex-insurance boss. I was selling life insurance. And anybody who's in the field, I don't know why, but it was about as embarrassing to me as having a law degree I couldn't use and having raised me on the a couple of times. Uh, I was a wreck. And so I came here, and I don't know why it worked for me, and I don't know why I took a phone number that night, and I don't know why the speaker fixed for me. I don't know. He was a loon. The guy was fucking nuts. Um, but when they read the tools, they used to read the tools at that meeting. And when they got the sponsorship, they said, find somebody who has what you want. And I didn't even want what that speaker had. He came up to me after the meeting. He came up to me. So I didn't even have to do anything but show up to that meeting. I sat in the back. I was wearing a suit. I didn't want to fit in. I didn't want to listen. I didn't like anything much I heard. But the speaker was a guy named Gary. It wasn't our Gary. It was just a different guy. He wasn't even coming to meetings anymore. But he's a friend of mine still 31 years later. Uh, I love him. We're still friends. We laugh about those days. Um, he's, uh, he's a teacher today. And he's a licensed therapist today, as am I. And uh, he's doing some great things with his career, kind of sort of, recently. And I asked him how he's got the gumption and the guts and the courage to do it. And he kept a straight face and he said to me about two weeks ago, just because my friend Jack Saul said to me, this is what you do. And he reminds me that about three or four months ago, I told him what to do, and he did it. In the last three or four months, it's working. And I learned everything from here and from him. So now 31 years later, I'm returning the favor to him. And he had what I wanted only in the sense that he was male, he was married, he was funny, he was thin, and he had been fat. He had what I wanted. And so for six years, I had him as a sponsor. If you're new, get a sponsor. Fire them if it doesn't work. Listen to them as much as you can. 
Lie if you have to. I prefer you not. But get a sponsor. Keep coming back no matter what. And get a sponsor. I've been here for 31 years. I've been lucky. I haven't wanted to leave. If you want to leave, don't leave. But if you leave, come back. But don't leave if you're able to. Get a sponsor. I don't care if you like them. If they make any sense, listen to them. If you're able to, do what they tell you to do. If you don't, keep trying. Keep coming back. If you're not going to listen and it doesn't work, get another sponsor. Just keep coming back. So for six years, I had Gary as a sponsor. I had a goal weight of 180 pounds. When I hit 180, I went to 170. I lied to Gary. I kept getting spinning. When I got to 170, I went to 160. When I went to 170, 160, I got to 158 pounds. I'm six feet tall. I looked like shit. I felt like shit. I was lying to Gary, but I got to 158 pounds. I felt like shit, and I looked like shit. But I was ever so happy. Don't do it. And you know what? But I kept coming back. Why did I keep coming back? Because I got thin, and the women kept hugging me, and the men kept saying, keep coming back. And you know what? It was the wrong reason, but I kept coming back. And you know what? I'm not 158 pounds today. And I'm healthy today, physically, emotionally, and somewhat, most of the time, spiritually. And you know what? I'm still here. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. It's a miracle that I'm here. It's a miracle that it works. I don't know why. I don't know from whom. I don't know for whom. I don't care. It works. It may not work if I'm out there. I got, a, I got an email yesterday. I, I didn't even tell you that. I got an email yesterday. It was an accidental email. Accidental email. It wasn't meant for me. It mentioned a gentleman whose name I knew 10 years ago, 20 years ago. They said, there's a celebration of life for so-and-so, so-and-so. I knew this guy 10 or 15 years ago in program. I wasn't supposed to get that email. There's no reason for me to get it. I looked back. Is there a reason why I'm getting this? They said, aren't you so-and-so? I said, no, I'm not. They said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, but I used to know this guy. I didn't want to say from where. They said, well, maybe you were supposed to get it. I said, maybe I was. I know this guy from, I hate to say where, OA. They said, well, then maybe you were supposed to get this email. I'm your sister. I hate to ask you why I'm getting this. They said, well, he died. Earl? Earl Watson? Celebration of his life, 64 years old. Big man, big man, very tall man, very heavy man. And his sister wrote to me that um, he lived in a body that just didn't work for him. Heart problems, diabetes problems, and overweight. I haven't seen her own 10, 15 years. He died. Big, wonderful, wonderful man. Only miracle is how the hell did he live that long? Big, sweet guy. He used to hug him all the time. He used to hug me all the time. He used to tell him I love him. He used to tell me you love me. He was always in love with the birthday party. Sweet, sweet, jovial, jolly, loving man. Why is he dead? I know. Why do I, by the way, I made a New Year's resolution. I don't believe in them. I made it anyway. I'm going to weigh myself once a month. I didn't weigh myself for years. Because when I came into this program, I was weighing myself 15 times a day. So this is what it's like today. About two years ago, March will be two years ago, my sponsor of almost 20 years, Daryl, was about to fire me. He didn't tell me he was about to fire me, but he was about to fire me. He told me since he was about to fire me. He didn't even fire people. Why? Because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't working the program. Coming to meetings, having a jolly old time, keeping my weight down, but wasn't doing anything. And one day it hit me, I don't want to get fired by Carol, there's nobody better in the program to be working with. Working with the operative words. So, I had a, another net. People were for miracle. So I decided, maybe I should work the program. Interesting concept after 29 years. So I called him and I asked him what I should do. He told me what to do. And he probably was thinking, yeah, he'll do it. He'll call me uh, when, when the health is over. So I called him the next day. 
told me to call before 7, so I called three minutes after 7, and I argued with him until I stopped the argument, because he was right and I was wrong, and I told him I was wrong, and I've been calling him probably 95% of the day since Monday through Friday. And I see him almost every Saturday when both of us are here. And I write every day, Monday through Friday. 95% of the day since then. I'm working the program today. I call him most of the days on time. No, not anymore. I call him every day, though. I call him Monday through Friday. And I write every day. I'm working the program today. Why? Because I like the way it feels. And the same day, I got a food sponsor. And I haven't missed one day since March of two years ago. So if you're new and you wonder if the old timers do it, you know what? Only if I want to work a program, feel good about myself, hold my head up high, and be an example of recovery today. I wasn't doing it for years, but I do it today. So back to the beginning. I have a food plan that I stick to. I eat three meals a day, nothing in between. I don't eat sugar, and I don't eat bread. I wrote that down at Beverly Hills High School on January 5th, 31 years ago, and I eat the same weight today. I don't know what I weigh today, but it's approximately 185 pounds. My doctor's happy. I'm happy. I wouldn't mind weighing a little bit less, but you know what? I'm happy. My doctor's happy. My pants fit. I used to be thinner, and you know what? I turned 60 this year. I have all my hair, and my doctor's happy, and I'm happy. <laughs> and I go to my reunion, and I look better than most of the guys there, and most of the women will talk to me today, and they weren't talking to me when I was at Fairfax High School, and I was 17 and graduating, and they ignored me then, and I laugh when I come back from the reunion, because they talk to me today, and they wouldn't even look at me then, and I chuckle. So I work a program today, I have a sponsor today, I sponsor today, I try to have, uh, I try to live a life of integrity today. I have some brain cells that I honestly believe are burnt out. It's not Alzheimer's, I don't think. It's not dementia, I don't think. Um, um, but my, I don't retain things very well. I just don't retain things. And the things I read today, I won't remember two weeks from today. The beauty to that is, I joke with my father. My father died this year. It's been very, very tough for me. Uh, he was my only parent. My mom died in 1967. And so it's been very tough for me. He's been my only parent. And I didn't like him when I came here. He was the biggest item of my resentment here. He hadn't changed. But boy, I loved him the last 20 years. We got along really, really well, and he didn't change. He didn't change at all. He was a good guy then, and he was a good guy when he dies. I joked with him at the end uh, a lot, and I actually said this at his eulogy. About uh, two years ago, I used to send him jokes every day. Every couple of days, I'd mail him jokes. He didn't want a computer, so I'd mail him jokes. And... Um, at the end, he said, "Where do you get so many good jokes? I love that you send me these jokes. Mail them to me all the time. They're great. Where do you get so many?" And I said, to him, "Dad, you're getting old. You really have a crappy memory. There's really not that many jokes. I send you the same goddamn jokes every fucking week." <laughs> he said, "That's not funny and it's not real." Um, I forget a lot. So the beauty for that is I reread the pages of the big book and the AA 12 and 12 and the OA 12 and 12 and everything seems new. The other thing was about two years ago, um, Carol banished me from the back right of the room. She said I was having a little too much fun and not listening, uh, which is right. She made me move. And he made it for a month. And that's two years ago and I haven't moved back. And that's not, uh, believe it or not, I'm actually growing up. He made me stay away from there for a month. It's been two years, and I sit right over there now. Why? Because for the first days I moved there, I said to him, it's amazing how the secretaries are getting better speakers. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, they're the same goddamn speakers they've always been. I said, it's amazing how far they've come. <laughs> he said, the same, the same shit they always said. 
And I kept praising the speakers and the secretaries, and he said, they're not changing. I guess I am. I'm hearing more. I'm listening better. I'm concentrating more. I'm not talking as much. I'm actually absorbing more, and I'm learning more. I've learned more in the last almost two years in programs than I learned in the 15 before. And no offense to y'all, but y'all aren't changing that much. I'm just hearing things differently. And it feels good. It feels good. It's been a hard, it's been a, it was a hard year for me in 12. Um, my dad died in March. And um, then I turned 60 in June. And I had a health scare in June. And I had a health scare the year before in June where I started passing out in the middle of the night three times in one night. And uh, I was taking the ER, they did a bunch of tests, and the first time they attributed it to some meds I was taking, so I could pass that off as not me, but my meds. But the second time, it was not the meds. And it turns out I'm fine, and everything is fine, but kind of all this existential awareness of, 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 of getting older. Um, and what did I do? In my writing, ate clean, talked to my sponsee, talked to my sponsor, worked the 12 steps. And I'm powerless, so I, I really get to work the steps. I'm powerless over everything, everyone and everything. I've gone to a new program. Uh, I'm actually going to, uh, with, uh, I'm going Tuesday. Can't go Wednesday, but I'm going Tuesday. Um, I'm working another program because once you take away the food, as Carol's sponsor used to say, uh, it is about the food, it's not about the food, and it is about the food, and it's not about the food. If you're new and your food's not in order, for me, it was about the food. But all getting my food in, in a modicum of order has become about is that, that it's not about the food at all. I get to find out what it's been about. Real quick, the first step is about, it's not about the food for me. It's like, I'm powerless over everything. And the second step is about a relationship with the highest power. The third step is about turning my life and my will and my wife 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 and my wife. Right there. And the fourth step is about looking at my part, especially that fourth column real quick. My part, my part, my part, my part. I've been writing a lot lately about my part, and I don't want it to be about my part. I want it to be about your part, because then I can convince. I'm beginning to say it like you, because they're really like you. Uh, about I, I have to look at my part, my part, and my part. I get to tell Carol about it, and if I want to look at my wife's part or anybody else's part, it gets to remind me it's about my part. Then he reminds me in six and seven, I get to look at putting to God to have my character defects removed. Eight and nine, I get the list of uh, amends I get to make, and I get to not only make them by apology, which is easy. That's easy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. That's easy. Bullshit. I get to change and make living amends, both for myself and to others, by changing my behavior. Ten is really interesting for me. I get to on a daily basis, not a weekly basis. What's the line? You can't stay clean today on yesterday's shower. I get to keep making a daily review of my behavior and changing it. And 11 is where my life will be for the next God willing 30 or 40 years. I just took a Jewish little brother, and the guy's like seven years old. And he said, How old are you? I said, I'm 60. He said, Well, you're going to live 40 more years. And you'll live to God here, and you'll live little Ori. And if you know something, they named him Ori, but in Hebrew, Ori means my life. And you know what? I've known the kid for two months, so you know, maybe, it's, maybe it's destiny, or maybe it's not, but God willing, it's going to be my life. And the 12 steps is just. You know, I've been to Lumberton, Mississippi, to leave a retreat. Believe me, that's going on your Lumberton, Mississippi, oil, right. <laughs> Come here in the morning and just share it with other people. And um, you know what? I, 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 at the risk of offending whoever I offend, once again, um, 
Uh, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. I wear my miracle around my neck. I, I want to share it. It's a miracle. If you're here today, you're a miracle. If you're absent this morning, it's a miracle. If you ate like a pig yesterday, but you're here today, you're not even now, it's a miracle. You've got it now. Now. Right now. Right now. You have every opportunity to screw it up when you walk out the door, but probably nobody's doing right now. Hold on to it now. Al Stein, one of our brothers in recovery, walks around with that Bacasta microphone. And he says, all that matters is now. Now. And now. And now. And now. Looks like an idiot, but he's right. You got it now. Hold on to it now. Yesterday's over. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Earl didn't know what was going to happen when he died. He didn't know. He didn't know. But if you have it now, hold on to it now. Give it a day of time. Get a sponsor. Embrace it. Hold on to it. Wear it like a loose lemon. But hold on to it. You've got it now. And I'm real grateful for it. I haven't found anywhere else to go. There's no reason to leave. Please keep coming back. Thank you. Now it's time for questions only. There was no sharing. If you need to share, please do so uh, after the meeting with any one of us. Please remember the opinions of me are mine and not OA as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Uh, it's being recorded. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. If uh, being recorded, please restate the question after it's being asked. And we are going to stop today in like very short time. Okay, can you please tell us about the spiritual development and concept of God? Yeah, I don't get it. I keep asking Carol what's it about. What I do know is if I get still and I get quiet, I know that there's a power greater than me. I know there's a flow. I know there's an energy. I know that life happens. And if I just stay still, there is a light. There is a flow. I know that I want it to be like a person. I want it to be George Burns in the movie. I want it to be a Charlton Heston. And Carol's gone to great lengths to explain that there's a power. My second sponsor was a woman. I know I wasn't supposed to get a woman sponsor, but for six years, what she really taught me was, for me, I was allowed to rework the second step as I came to know a source of information within me that if accessed and honored and implemented, will allow me to function at a higher level than I've ever functioned before. So for for her, it was a wisdom, a higher level of consciousness. But there is a a force in the universe that happens. Um, I used to think that I was supposed to have a life like normal, and people have assured me that, no, I wasn't supposed to have two parents. Apparently, I wasn't supposed to have two parents. Well, everybody's supposed to have... No, my life is exactly the way it was supposed to be. Why? Because it's exactly the way it happened. And uh, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. But if I get still and I get quiet and I get out of my own way and life happens, just let it happen. Just let it happen. Let it unfold. Let it be. My 11th step is just to pray for the willingness to let be what is. And uh, not to kind of alter it and get in the way with plans that are my own. Just to try to understand what's supposed to be like. I look back on my career. Um, I went to an OA meeting and I fetched about my disdain for the insurance business. And what happened? A woman came up to me and asked me if I'd like to volunteer to work in a 12-step eating disorder program. Sure. Why me? 
I said, but she said, he's a male, you can talk, you're thin, and you were fat. I said, that's all she said, yeah, don't, don't hurt your shoulder, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> 30 years ago, and I've had a career in the business ever since. So then one day, the eating disorder unit was about to close. I said, I don't have a license, what's going to happen to me? I get a call from a, 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 a hospital administrator. He says, what are you doing right now? I said, I'm sitting around in my underwear waiting for, uh, watching the, the match game rerun. He said, put on a suit and come here. He puts me in a room the size, again, of that bathroom with the most well-known television icon uh, 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 maven on codependency in the late 80s who had a TV 10-part series on codependency and all this. And they go, Jack, Jack, and next thing I know, he offers me a job and makes my career. And next thing I know, I look back on my career and I say, I was just an ex-fat guy trying to sell life insurance, and now it's well into my career. I'm established, I'm, I'm successful, and I'm happy. And I say, I didn't do anything. I just got fat, fell into LA, and next thing I knew, I, I, there must be a power greater than me because I didn't design this, I didn't create this, I didn't ask for this, I didn't even know I wanted this. So there must be something. So I don't really, I don't get it. All I know is it's not difficult for me today to pray to get out of my own way and let the powers that be. Last thing is, I went liberal rafting before I got the program. They said, if you fall out, surrender. I said, you've got to be up and kidding. Surrender. He said, yeah, the people who flail and fight get hurt. The people who just go with the flow wind up on the bottom of the run very, very uninjured. And I thought this guy was freaking crazy. And I did it. I actually threw myself out of the raft halfway through the run just to have fun. And I, I wound up unmarked. And to me, my, my life experience has been to just suit up, show up, get out of my way, stop running my own show, and see what happens. And uh, for 31 years, it's been. I'll say pain the time I know what I mean. It's been magnificently glorious, wonderful, better than anything I could design. I have time for one more, and Carol's not even going to bother me. Thank God. Thank you very much. What do you talk about how you sponsor and how you do service? I do service. I, to, 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 after 31 years, I'm finally doing something outside the meeting level. I've always had a service commitment. At me, I've often had a service commitment at meetings, mostly at the uh, elbowing of Carol. I've been secretary. I've done everything now. I, 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 I sponsor willingly. Uh, I don't have a lot of sponsors. The right sponsors, I go through paragraphs. You heard it last week, uh, Mayor. Uh, uh, just spoke last week, and he's one of my sponsors, and we go through paragraph by paragraph, just the way I was. I've been sponsored different ways. We used to go through the big book, um, paragraph by paragraph, is the way I do it now. I, I talk to my guys every day, actually. I've got one guy that I sponsored, I've been sponsored for uh, 20 years. And uh, we talk virtually six days every week. Um, I like that. I like having, and being a therapist, I think, gets in the way. Uh, I don't sponsor purely program. I sponsor with all that I am, which brings in that I'm, I'm, I'm Jewish, it brings in that I'm male, it brings in that I'm um, a therapist, it brings in that, but I, I want to go through the steps. I, I, I live an a, a, a ethical life. Uh, one of my sponsees one day said to me, I have a, um, um, a um, handicap placard. He said, I have a handicap outfit, but I'm not handicapped anymore. And he knew me so well early in my sponsorship relationship that before I said anything, he said something like, and I'm paraphrasing, I probably shouldn't be using it anymore, should I? <laughs> and I said, well, 
What do you think? And he said, well, I think I'll, I'll not be using it anymore. Well, that's somebody who's working a very good spiritual program, not because of me, but because they're working a very good spiritual program. When I go through the paragraph, by paragraph, by paragraph, they write it. Now, I read mine to Carol on a daily basis. Uh, just showed last time that we get together, not often enough, but we get together in mass and go through it. But I go through daily, I talk to my guys daily, and the, the guys in question nowadays don't struggle, don't have issues with the food. They're not newbies. So, but when there's somebody new, the first thing is to get the food in order. Uh, because in the beginning, before they can, uh, I, I, I embrace the last prayer, the second to the last prayer up in the first step, which says uh, the AA 12 and 12. God, it sounds like a am I know what I'm talking about. Which says that working the remaining 11 steps means the adoptions of actions and attitudes that almost no alcoholic are still drinking would think of taking. So if I'm working with somebody new, the food is the only issue. And I'll talk to them about getting a food plan that will allow them to then, like the alcoholic just doesn't drink, allow them to take their food, set it aside, so they can work the steps. Because I don't want to work the steps with somebody who's still eating. Because that, to me, is, is, is they don't have the clarity and the sobriety to be getting the most out of working steps. So if they're new, it's get the food in order. Once they get the food in order, it's working their 12 steps and getting a conscious contact with the higher power, which if their pipes are cloudy with the food, they can't have. So uh, I think we need to stop. Thank you. <laughs>